Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, providing everything you'd need to hit the circle or the big stage. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you, folks? Aye, another week rolled round in the piping scene, and as always, we've got a lot to get into. As well as a huge topic of the week that we're really excited to bring you, actually. Looking forward to this chat. Uh, so, yeah, I have to give a shout-out, first of all, to our Patreon folks uh, who've already got early access to this. So, apologies again to Patreon faithful. This is another episode that you've already got early access to. Anyway, we'll get into all of that. Anyway, how have you been? I hope you're all keeping well. And a lot of you really enjoyed last week's episode. And again, yes, apologies that... That, that promo code that we talked about with John Doe uh, is no longer in operation. So, hey, that's one of those things. Those temporary promotions are only there because, uh, yeah, of launches and everything. They're like a one-time special promotion. But, hey, there you go. It's been and gone. But thank you to everyone who did check out John Doe's music and his website and everything. And I think a good number of you out there will be making a purchase as a result. So, excellent stuff. There you go. Okay. <sighs> Let's get into the introductions, shall we? I, I just feel like if I've just jumped in with both feet there. <laughs> uh, well, yes, welcome. This is the Big Rab Show. We are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here talking about what we know and love to be the music of the great Highland Bagpipe and its people. And don't forget, we've already given them a shout this week, to, yeah, go and check us out on Patreon. There are links in your show notes right now where you can go and help support the show and help the wheels keep turning here, I guess. Uh, but you also get your mitts on loads of extra stuff. Well, like for example, this week's episode has already been released to our Patreon faithful. Uh, those guys got way early access on this. Uh, but also, you can get our weekly Fuse FM Balamoney radio show. So, if you happen to miss us live on Fuse, you can go and catch it, yeah, on Catch Up, I guess, on Patreon. And last night we had quite a special show, of course, because here in Northern Ireland, of course, right now is the 12th of July, which is a public holiday here uh, in Northern Ireland. So, last night was the 11th night, and we had quite a special show over there on Fuse FM with a lot of people texting in. And we were talking about guilty pleasures in the piping world. And, uh, oh, there was a lot of bagpiping cheesiness being rolled out. Yeah, a lot of tunes that we're well used to hearing over and over again. Yeah, we wheeled them out last night on Fuse, and it was quite a bit of fun, actually. A lot of people admitting to their guilty pleasures in the piping scene, saying, oh, I love playing Highland Cathedral, or, yeah, I ha- you know, I love playing Amazing Grace, even though we've heard it, like, five million times. Uh, but... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's those tunes that really are the guilty pleasures and always get wheeled out at gigs. That's what we were talking about last night in Fuse. It was a lot of fun. And that's all available now on Patreon. If you do want to go and back and listen to that show, it's up there. It was a two-hour live radio show. A lot of great crack. And a lot of people texting in and joining it. It was good fun last night. There you go. So, yes, go and check out the Patreon, where you can go and check out our Fuse FM Balamoney radio shows. Uh, There's quite a number of years worth of recordings up there now. Definitely worth checking out. All right. 
Okay, with each and every Rab Show, we do open the doors for listener mail. And this week is no different. Our email address has never changed. BigRabShow at gmail.com. That address again, BigRabShow at gmail.com. Now, first of all, we got an email here from Susie. He says, hey, Big Rab, uh, first time emailer, first time emailer, long time listener. That's not easy to say, Susie. Uh, But she goes on to say, "Um, yeah, you've been mentioning that you've been getting a lot of hate mail recently as a result of not live streaming our competitions. But can I say that I have been really enjoying the high quality recordings your team have been producing over on YouTube? Ah, there we go. We've got something positive back. Thank you. Uh, she goes on to say, says, I do believe that a lot of the hate mail directed your direction is unwarranted. You and the team work tirelessly to produce great piping content for us around the globe. Ah, oh, isn't that lovely? Hey, there you go. I know I'm deliberately reading this on the pod this week just to kind of fly in the face of all the hate mail we've recently received. So thank you, Susie. Uh, She goes on to say, uh, yes, hoping to finish off the year with a real good win at the World Championships. uh, But she's not going to mention her band by name. But whoever's listening will know who she is. There you are. So there you are, Susie. Didn't give your surname either. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you want me to read out your email address? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But shout out to you. Thank you so much for emailing us in. And that, yeah, it's good to have something positive in our inbox for a change. There you go. All right. Moving on, we got another little bit of listener meal here. And this one comes in from Chris Shepard, who's, of course, a piper with the City of Albany Pipe Band. Now, he's been keeping us updated on an upcoming event, actually, that's happening this weekend. Uh, so let's get into his email. He says, hey, Rab, long time to chat or email. Uh, so in Dates for Your Diary, you've been mentioning the upcoming contest, Glasgow Land Scottish Festival at Luke Park on July 15th. Yes, I have. I've been mentioning it now for a few weeks now. He said, I thought that you would be interested in their posting on their website. Ooh, okay. He says, bands will be coming from Maryland to Maine, including Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Maine, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. They have 29 bands registered for the event, and they'll have two challenging up from grade three to grade two. So that means there'll be close to 600 pipers and drummers on the field for the opening ceremonies at 11 a.m. on the 15th. Woo! Oh, boy. Now, he has sent me the full draw for this competition. Everything from grade 5 up to grade 2. And, um, hmm... Yeah, it's shaping up to be quite a huge competition. So, yeah, just wanted to give you all a bit of a shout-out. And looking forward to this event. Now, if anybody does want to point a camera at any of these performances, we would be very grateful. We would love to see them. Uh, so that's the Glasgow Lands Scottish Festival taking place this weekend. We'll get into that, I'm sure, for dates for your diary later on in the show. So that's July 15th. That's... Mm, Thank you, Chris. That's is Honestly, looking at the draw, that's going to be quite a cool competition. For sure. All right. So, if you do want to mention uh, any other events that you guys have coming up, if you want to, you know, plug anything, promote stuff, even just to give a shout out or that, then definitely just give us a shout. BigRabShow at gmail.com. That address again, BigRabShow at gmail.com. There you go. Okay, well, after listener mail, you guessed it. It's time for Word of the Week. Word of the Week here on the Big Rabsha Podcast. Rest. Yes, this week's Word of the Week is rest. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, what? Well, I'm 
Seriously? Uh, yeah, this week's word of the week is rest, because this is famously known as the mid-season break right here in the UK, where we do get a couple of weeks in the middle of the season where bands would normally be having a rest. Yeah. Now, I do know a good number of bands, actually, probably right now when they're listening to the podcast going, Rabbi, I didn't get a much of a rest today. My band was out parading in a various different celebrations and stuff all across the 12th of July. And I'm very aware of that. Uh, but... We do hope that during this two-week break, I guess, in the middle of the season, that you do get opportunity to rest. Now, I'm going to talk about my own experience here. I've been practicing quite a lot, actually, on my pipes. And I don't. what I'm finding is that I can play for, I don't know, between half an hour to an hour. And then after that, I'm knackered. I can't play anymore. I basically don't have the muscles in my face to be able to blow into the blowpipe anymore i just can't do it i'm blowing raspberries and the air just won't go in uh, so yeah the muscles in my face just say uh-uh, game over and that's it i have to kind of rest and what i find is is rather than doing these big long practice sessions with like over an hour and stuff and trying to batter your way through a tune and really kind of punishing yourself as well thinking right i'm gonna get this first part of the tune if it kills me and you're working over and over and over and still stumbling over the same old stuff well what i've found is if you do set them down and take a rest it honestly is gold dust you know you have that mental space to be able to reset and go okay you'll get past that third bar don't worry about it right okay let's go into the house make a cup of tea I don't know, read a bit out of a newspaper or something, have a flick through social media or something, and then go back out to the garage or your front lawn or wherever it is you're practicing and then try it again. And that's what I've found. I found that if I work in little rests throughout my practice time, I can be so much more productive. I don't know what it is. I don't. I think I could find the magic cheat code <laughs> in a way, but I figured I would share it with you this week. I don't know. If that rings true for anybody out there right now that may be trying to batter themselves in practice, uh, just, yeah, take a step back, have that little rest worked in, and honestly can pay dividends. So I hope that makes some sort of logical sense to you out there. Uh, Do try and work in a little rest into your practice time. It honestly will work miracles. Did for me. There you go. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to be stepping on stage at the Glenfiddich next week, but that's getting better. It's getting better. Anyway... All right, that's it for Word of the Week. Okay, well, last week we did not have any weekly drones, and I did put the call out asking, well, come on, folks, have you got no weekly drones for us? Well, yeah, JD, let us have it. What's this week's weekly drone, man? It's the weekly drone. Write it as played. One of the hardest things I've had to learn in my 25 years as a piper is this concept that pipers don't play it as written. We like to break things into two bar phrases, questions and answers, strong, weak, medium, weak pulses. A quarter note in bar one is not the same as a quarter note in bar two. Musically, I understand the purpose for not playing as written. Tunes sound very robotic when played metronomically Accent and pulse needs to be added to give the music some feeling, some forward momentum. 
So if we're not going to play it as written, why oh why can't we find a way to write it as played? Other instruments have notation for such things. Fermata, crescendo, vibrato, staccato. Why not notation for bagpipe phrasing as well? Many upper level pipers have told me it would be impossible to write it as played. But honestly, how hard could it be to add some bit of notation over the accented note or notes in a two bar phrase? Or add an indicator denoting the question and answer of a part? Or even write out the words strong, weak, medium, weak above the music in the approximate locations? In this digital age, I feel we're doing ourselves a disservice using the same sheet music we've been using for hundreds of years when the sheet music doesn't really tell you how it's intended to be played. Wouldn't it benefit us as musicians if we had written music that actually told us how it's intended to be expressed? Oh. Weekly Droner, that is such an interesting question, and it's one that we haven't really tackled on the show before, which is strange considering we're now, what, 339 episodes in, and we haven't tackled this one. It's, yeah, it is a huge subject area, one of which that has many different rabbit holes, and one of which I don't think that I'm fully qualified to answer right now as part of a Weekly Drone. It's, yeah, a possible full topic of the week right there. (laughs) But I will give you my own thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, But first of all, to answer this weekly drone correctly on the topic of pipe notation, I did reach out to a bit of an expert in the piping world when it comes to notation. And um, yeah, I reached out to Dan Nevins. Now, Dan Nevins is, of course, so prolific when it comes to all of piping history and everything. So I thought he would be the guy to tell me the story behind this and you know what his thoughts were so yeah dan actually took time out of his day and sent us a bit of a voicemail to kind of respond to this week's weekly drone so um i'm going to hand over to dan evans at this point hi rob that is a thoroughly interesting question to ask uh the origins of the scientific documentation of music for the great Highland bagpipe is an absolute rabbit hole uh, I would advise listeners to look into the complete theory of the Scots Highland Bagpipe. Uh, Joseph MacDonald, I believe it's six, 1761. Uh, there's reprints of it. It's vastly available. Uh, Dr Matthew Welch has done a new complete theory that I believe came out in 2021, 2020 or 2021, one of the, one of the two. Um, so the, the reason that bagpipe music is a compromise is purely down to the busyness of the music. So if we take an orchestral score, for example, it perhaps has maybe four or five different voicings on it. You know, it's got tenor parts, it's got bass parts, it's got alto parts. Um, you may have a multi-voice score. It can look quite complicated, um, especially to us pipers who are used to a totally linear one-voice score. Uh, when it comes to the way in which we write out the music, the way we write out music today probably finds its roots in uh, Angus Mackay's Piper's Assistant. And Angus Mackay and David Glenn's, I think it's 18, 1830, 1831, um, light music book. Uh, 
there had been other attempts to create a, 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 a series of scores, a book of pipe music before that, but that's probably the first time that we go, right, that's a definite um, starting point for how we write uh, bagpipe music out. The listener's correct in that, yeah, we, we don't play it as written, uh, but we do have a shorthand, and every musical subculture outside of the orchestra will have a shorthand as well. So the kind of basic... Uh, the basic rules that I give to students are, and I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a total can of worms, but I'd just like to assure anyone that disagrees with me that they are wrong and I'm right. Uh, throws, D throws, E throws, F throws, high G throws and high A throws will all finish on the note value, wherever the note value is in the beat group, and then you'll play the complete note value after it. You know, context um, telling you, well, if, it's, if they've got a throw to a throw, then you're going to you know, finish that throw before the next note value anyway. And single-use grace notes like strikes, high-G grace notes, low-G grace notes, you know, bows into a note, they're all going to be on the note value, taking up a portion of it. So, for example, you play a high-G grace note to an E melody note. That high-G grace note would start the duration of that note value, then you've got your passive grace note, the E, then your decorative grace note, and then you would play the remainder of the note value before moving on to the next pitch. Um, I hope that's been helpful. And, uh, yeah, feel free to contact me anytime with stuff like this. I was only kidding about the being right thing. If you want to discuss it with me, I'll be happy to, to help. All the best. Cheerio. <laughs> well, we know that Dan Nevins is always right, of course. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Dan, for taking time to chat with me about that and to send us that quite detailed um yeah, description there of where the origin of pipe notation is at, I guess, uh, but also about different note values in that with throws and grace notes and stuff. It's a very complicated thing, and I think we're going to have to tackle this as a full topic of the week right there. I don't think we can fully unpack this as a weekly drone, but we really appreciate it as a weekly drone, so thank you, weekly droner. Uh, my own humble opinion of this, in my experience I have had first-hand experience of this, where pipers would be constantly arguing over the tunes and how they should sound. Because, oh, that's not how it's written in the Scots Guard books. You know, like the Scots Guard's books are seen as like, you know, that's the Bible, basically. And if you're going to play tunes out of that book, my goodness, you have to stick to the dots on the page. However, this is where bands develop their own voice and their own sound. And it is all completely down to interpretation and style. This is one of the big things in the piping world is that we have styles. We have an Irish style, we have an island style, Highland, Lowland, all of that different areas of Scotland. We have plenty of styles all over the place. Now, I've only just mentioned a few of them, but there's loads. And it is all up for interpretation. The music that we write for the Great Highland Bagpipe is seen as a guide this is what roughly the composer wanted the tune to sound like, and then the rest is left to you. You did mention in your weekly drone there that various different things like crescendo and staccato and you know things like that. We, we can't do those on pipes. And so the only thing we can do is play with note value. We can hold it for a little half a second longer and maybe draw the emotion out of the tune at certain points and phrase. And actually noting that down would be incredibly difficult. I have seen it in the past that various different pipe majors do 
go through it with either a highlighter pen or a red pen and say, well, right, I have highlighted the notes here. Well, I want you to hold it a little fraction longer. And that, yeah, that's where the music breathes. All right. Yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, I've heard interviews with some of the best in the piping game, you know, that have been involved in Glenfiddich and even in, in the top flight in the pipe band world where they talk about this is that once the off season starts, you get a folder handed to you. Here you go. Here's the music for next season. And then you learn all of that tune and you have a rough idea of what each tune's supposed to sound like. But the real work starts whenever you start putting that voice together and the style. And that's up to each individual pipe major. Lead drummers also have an influence as well. And uh, yeah, the band develops that own unique sound. And that's what makes this music so cool. Because let's face it, there's one tune out there, but there's loads of them. But I'm going to mention one of them. If you hear Field Marshal Montgomery playing Highland Wedding, you know it's Field Marshal because it sounds like Field Marshal. However, if Simon Fraser were to play Highland Wedding, they could, again, sound like Simon Fraser because they phrase it differently and it feels different. And even at that, Inverary industry can play a hornpipe and it would sound one way. St. Lawrence Atul will play it another way, but it's exactly the same tune. But you can tell by listening that they're two completely different bands with a different approach to the music. And both of them are correct. And that that's the joy in this. And I know that you're saying that this is quite a, a downside, I guess, of, you know, the piping world, that you're going to be so frustrated that you're never going to play the tune right. And um, that's the beauty of it, I would argue, is that that's where the artistic flair, your own personality, and I keep mentioning this, but your own voice, your own sound comes through that music with your interpretation of it. That's why it's so beautiful, in my opinion. So... Yes, you can absolutely get really bogged down into the dots on the page, but it's the feeling. It's letting the music breathe, stretch and move and either go too quick or too slow and phrasings. It's, yeah, it's all down to individual interpretation. And that's what makes this art form so incredible and always gives us stuff to talk about. <laughs> so Weekly Droner, I think, well, listening to Dan there, you have absolutely opened a huge can of worms and uh, one of which that we're going to do our best to try and tackle in a future topic of the week. We're going to have to get Dan on the show, I think, to chat about this. Plus, we'll have a few more all our special guests, I guess, uh, to talk about this. It is a huge, absolutely huge subject area that we just haven't tackled because there is so many different nuances, I guess. And um, I know Dan was joking about being right, uh, but this is the beauty of it, is that there is no one right way. There, uh, there's just different interpretations of it. I guess. So that's not really an answer, but I hope it is an answer by some account, Weekly Droner. Whoever you are, thank you for sending that in. Such an interesting conversation that will not be finished just yet. That one will rattle on for a while. If you do have any other opinions, of course, on this or anything else, you can email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on pipe notation? Uh, also, if you have any thoughts on this or anything else that we've spoke about on previous episodes, you can always do that. TheBigRabShow.com, big button right at the top of the website called Weekly Drone. You can let us know your thoughts and feelings, warts and all, just as this week's Weekly Droner did, and we'll bring it to the show to try our best to unpack it. There you are. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us on this week's Weekly Drone. Really appreciate your input there uh, and helping me, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, this will be a future topic of the week. Absolutely. So we'd love to know your thoughts on it too. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Let us know. All right. 
Okay, I'm going to take a little break at this point, and uh, yeah, we'll be back, I guess, with What's the Crack? Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off. Showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration. Proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection, the dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash bigrab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. dojouniversity.com forward slash bigrab for a 30-day free trial. What's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hi Rob, what's the crack this week? 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 Hey Rob, what's the crack this week? Okay, so the crack this week is is that we've had plenty of announcements about online live streams from both Piping Live and the World Championships themselves too, and we'll chat about that, of course. Belfast Tradfest are also, yeah, they're going to be opening their doors soon, so we have to talk about Belfast Tradfest. That's shaping up to be a huge event, of course. We also have brand new music from Mark Saul. Yeah, that marks all. Uh, oh, we have to talk about this, of course, too. Uh, also, the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland are really quite busy with the Royals. And we'll unpack that story a little bit also. The Grancha Pipe Band are also celebrating a 70th anniversary. And we'll talk about what they're doing. And we also have to talk about the SFU concert that's coming up in a few weeks. Of course, Generations. Uh, yeah, we've got a bit of an update for that as well. So... Let's get into all of the news and updates then, shall we? Let's delay no further. McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One-of-a-kind instruments crafted from the finest materials using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument, but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McLennan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA.
Okay, so I'm going to get straight into that story about the Simon Fraser University concert, alright? Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I'm just saying, okay? The Simon Fraser University concert that we all know is coming up, of course. The big pre-Worlds concert that's being held in the SSE Arena. The Armadillo, as it's affectionately called, in Glasgow, hosted by the Glasgow Sky Association Pipe Band. Well, they posted a bit of an update on their socials to say that over 1,500 tickets have already been sold. And they were warning people that if you haven't already secured your tickets, then you really should right now. Uh, So go along to sec.co.uk, grab tickets for this, alright? And also, go along to the Simon Fraser University website as well. I think there's links on there too, uh, where you can go and grab tickets for their upcoming concert called Generations. Um, I booked mine on the day of release uh, because I know how quickly these events sell out and I'm quite surprised that they haven't sold out already. Uh, but here we are, 12th of July, and the tickets are still available, which is quite surprising. But um, they will not be there for long, okay? So I do not want this concert to roll around on the Wednesday of Pipe and Live Week and then everyone go, Oh, Rob, any chance you could get us a ticket for that thing? No, uh, I'm like everybody else. I'm in the same boat as you guys. I don't have any kind of special insider trading or anything. <laughs> I don't have the tickets. I don't sell them. I, you know. It's all on the Glasgow Sky Association and the arena itself. So, yeah, get tickets for it now. Avoid your disappointment because then come August, if you're going to be in Glasgow, you're going to want to see this show. All right? Seriously, we know that SFU can put on a blistering concert and I'm really looking forward to this. So, SFU Pipe Band, just wanted to let you know there's 1,500 tickets already sold. You're going to want to grab yours to avoid any disappointment at all. All right, I'm just putting it out there now by way of a warning. Go and grab them. Okay, okay. Uh, also, the tickets for the World Championships are on sale as well. The World Pipe Band Championships, uh, that was announced a few couple of weeks ago, actually, where you can go and get those. People have been asking for the link and everything. Well, you just go to their website, worlds.co.uk. Uh, so if you are going as a spectator and not a bandsman and woman, if you're not competing on the day, then you will need to get a ticket to get through the gate. Now, they do have packages available, or you can just buy individual days. You can either just decide to go on the Friday and leave the Saturday, but... Why would you do that? Uh, <clears throat> makes no sense. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend getting the weekend package. Get both your Friday and your Saturday all in one ticket. And hey, Bob's your uncle. You can enjoy the entire World Championship start to finish. And uh, the yellow coats will not hassle you on the gate. So yeah, again, I'm advising you, grab your tickets for any of these events uh, ahead of time. Okay? Avoid disappointment. And that goes for the Pipe and Live events as well. Uh, a lot of these are really selling rapidly. Uh, from chatting to the folks at the National Piping Centre, a lot of these events are really selling uh, gangbusters at the moment. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't already, then please do. Run out, grab your tickets right now. I know it's July and Pipe and Live isn't until August. But trust me, avoid your disappointment. If you do want to catch these events, then go and get your tickets. All right. Now, that is if you do want to see them in person, all right, which would be absolutely be my recommendation. But for everyone listening to the pod right now that may be tuning in internationally and may not be based in the UK, and I, good, I know that's a good number of you, um, yeah, let's talk about the Pipe and Live live stream. Uh, they've announced, um, yeah, all sorts of different ways for you to be able to tune in. You can actually either buy an individual live stream ticket for a certain event that you just want to watch. Say, for example, you just want to watch one of the lunchtime recitals. 
that's possible you can do that you can just buy one ticket for that one event tune in online and watch it that's it Uh, or what my recommendation would be now i know it sounds expensive but seriously for what you're getting for your money it's worth twice the price Uh, you can get an online festival pass for pipe and live and it's 55 pounds now i i i know everyone's going what yeah 55 pound does sound expensive but when you consider what you're getting for your money, oh my word, it really does throw open the doors to the entire festival where you can actually watch all of these events live as they happen. But what the real kicker is here is that you'll be able to re-watch all of these events up until Monday the 28th of August. Yeah, now I'm going to be at Piping Live myself. I'm actually going to be there in person. Of course, we have our own event, Big Rab Show Live at Piping Live. I might have mentioned it a few times. Uh, so I'm going to be there on stage. So I know there's going to be things that I'm going to miss. And I'm, I'm seriously considering buying this festival pass myself. So then I can return home and actually go back and watch all of these events that I ha- could potentially miss um because we yeah i've said this countless times the pipe and life festival is so hectic and busy there's so much going on and a lot of the events do happen at the same time so you do end up potentially missing some of the big ticket events uh so yeah this could be i don't know an absolute godsend for people and especially for those who may potentially miss some of these events so yeah if you are interested in tuning in online, my recommendation is to go now to the Pipe and Live website, pipeandlive.co.uk. They've supplied all of the different links and everything to a specific Vimeo channel that they're putting everything on, which does allow for ultra HD, high quality sound, all that sort of stuff. It's kind of like the fancy version of YouTube. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go and check it out. They do have various different live streams of like the Masters Solo Piping Competition, which is on the Monday. You also have the Pipe Idol Grand Final as well. You have the Gordon Duncan Memorial Competition. That's going to be incredible. You'll also get access to all of the lunchtime recitals that we were talking about. Uh, you'll also have the closing concert as well, which will be Ross Ainsley, Ali Hutton, uh, along with Jarlath Henderson and Inez Watson. That is going to be one heck of a show. So, wow. Uh, So, hey, I'm just telling you now, this is a huge recommendation from me. I don't often put the Rab Show steal of approval on stuff, but this is one you're definitely going to want to catch. Get the Piping Live online festival pass. Yes, it's 55 quid. It's steep. And I do understand that there is a cost of living crisis right now. And perhaps tuning in online to a piping festival might not be high on the priority list. But if you're a piping fan at all, and you do want to swing open the doors at this festival, then this is, yeah, an, <laughs> it's a game changer. Absolute game changer. Considering that you can re-watch it again. That's the kicker. Uh, so here it is, the Big Rab Show seal of approval. It's there. All right, there you go. So go and get it. The Pipe and Live online festival pass. If you are going to be tuning in online, then that's where you go and do it. Pipeandlive.co.uk, grab your festival pass, and... The entire festival is yours. Well, not the entire thing. I guess the street cafe and things like that aren't being live streamed. Various different sessions, the festival club, different things like that are not being live streamed. Um, so, yeah. But, hey, I don't know. Ourselves for a Big Rab Show live, we may throw a camera up and uh, let you guys tune in online for that one. But we will wait and see. 
Mm. We do hope to actually make a bit of an announcement later on this week, possibly late next week, of our lineup. Actually, a lot of people have been asking, who's playing at Rab Show Live? Uh, well, we do have a bit of a lineup, and uh, we've been working on it, and let's just say we're a little bit excited for it. Um, just a little bit excited for it. Um, right, shut up, Rab, you're going to spoil it, you're going to say something stupid, and then spoil the whole thing. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled, either at the end of this week, possibly next week. Um, yeah, we're going to start announcing who's playing at this. And uh, Big Rab Show Live at Pipe and Live is shaping up to be quite a huge event. Uh, all of us on the team are frantically working behind the scenes to make this happen, but that's going to be quite an awesome event. We can't wait to get back to Pipe and Live again, actually. It's, yeah, such a privilege, honour, and an honour, honestly, to be there. Uh, I know that kind of sounds a bit blasé, but really, we are still pinching ourselves that we're part of this incredible festival. Um, so, yeah, we can't wait to be a part of it. You know, so there we go. Rab show live of piping live. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be special. Okay, now as much as we're talking about piping live and their online live stream, well, there was a bit of an announcement. Well, first of all, I seen this from Bob Warl. Bob Warl put it up on his own social media profile, and we shared it out on Rab show, of course, saying. Relax, everybody. I can finally let everybody know that the BBC will be live streaming the internet via the internet, (laughs) the Grade 1 Championships on the Saturday. Yes. So, I have to say, everyone around the world breathed a huge sigh of relief because the Saturday's the main day at the Worlds, of course, for the Grade 1 competition, and a lot of people were definitely wanting to tune in online that those that can't make it. But... There is still a huge shadow of doubt about the Friday. Yeah, now a lot of people have sent a bunch of questions in to both Bob and to us here on Rab Show to see if we know anything about the Friday. And to answer your question, um, no, we have not the first clue uh, of what's happening with the Friday. What normally happens with the live stream, and I'm, I'm going by previous years' experience, is that I know that the camera crew, the sound guys, the boom operator, all of those different people behind the scenes at the BBC, they do use the Friday as a bit of a dry run. They use it as kind of like a rehearsal day, you know, for camera placement, for all of this different kind of stuff. All the production behind the scenes use the Friday as like a, it's a rehearsal day. And then Saturday is the main show because that's when Bob sits in the booth with the mic and does his thing, and it's an actual BBC production of a live event. They do treat it kind of like a sporting event, which I do think is kind of incorrect, because sometimes the sound can be a little questionable, whereas the sound should be king here. Um, But anyway, I'm just giving commentary on previous year's live streams, I guess. But uh, yeah, the Saturday will be live streamed online by BBC Scotland, and... The world breathes a sigh of relief. But there's still a million different questions about what's actually happening with the Friday. We don't know. And Bob doesn't know either. I don't think he's answered any of those questions online yet. So as soon as we know any further information about the Friday at the World Championships, then we'll let you guys know. If there is any proposed live stream for the Friday, we'll certainly let you know. But for now, we've just had it confirmed that there will definitely be a live stream from the Grade 1 ring. Yeah, on the Saturday. So there you go. That That's as much news as we know on that front. And as far as whether it'll be pay-per-view or anything, there's been some questions around that, whether you know there'll be similar model to Pipe and Live and you'll have to buy a ticket for it. Uh, no, 
as far as I'm aware, that if you're a resident here in the UK, you can certainly just tune in, just click on it and access it. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we will share that link, of course, across as far and wide as possible. We want everyone to tune in from around the globe and enjoy this incredible music. Uh, if you are interested in the announcement and everything and how it was made, you can go to pipesdrums.com. They do have an article on this, and they discuss the concerns around, around it, you know, uh, so... Anyway, I'm not going to get into all of the concerns and the, the whys and the who's and all of that. You can go and check it out. Pipestrums.com. They have a full article on all of this about the live stream at the Worlds. But, yeah, it's just honestly great news. I'm absolutely a fan of the World Championship live stream. And, uh, yeah, I think long may it continue. I think it's a fantastic venture. Um, one of which the RSPBA should embrace with both hands. There you go. All right. So, I did want to uh, briefly mention about Belfast Tradfest. Yes. Now, this is a huge traditional music festival that does have a summer run, a winter run, an autumn run as well, I think. I think they have different seasonal runs throughout the year. We're we're about to get into our summer run, which is kind of like the main bit for the Belfast Tradfest. This is like whenever they really swing the doors open and it's an absolutely massive festival. It's running from the July 23rd to July 30th and there's a lot to pack in here for trad music fans, okay? Some absolutely huge names in the trad and folk scene that are uh, just ridiculous. Like if I'm, I'm alright, I'm going to start dropping names, okay? What about four men and a dog? What? Yep, they're going to be there. Uh, so actually, I'm good friends with their Boron player there, actually. Gino, he drinks on my local. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, four men and a dog are playing, but also uh, the Elephant Sessions are coming across uh, to do a gig here in Belfast. What? That's going to be a mental gig. Uh, the Elephant Sessions are incredible live. Uh, so looking forward to seeing those. But specifically for us piping fans, I guess, us Highland piping fans, uh, there's plenty of Ullum piping and Irish piping, kitchen piping, loads of it across the festival. Uh, but definitely a highlight for us Highland bag piping fans is the Belfast Tradfest solo Highland piping competition. There you go. So they do ask you to, yeah, just turn up and relax and enjoy some of the best Highland piping heard across this island. Now, the competitor lineup for this is really a who's who, actually. So we have Ashley McMichael, of course. We have Alistair Donaghy. We have Chris Coyle, Reese Doherty, and Alan Glenholms. There you go. So, yeah, the, the event is all sponsored by various different companies and stuff. You can go and check it out on Belfast Tradfest on their website. Uh, but this all kicks off in the Deer's Head in Belfast, which is a well-known pub and venue. And it does have quite a huge venue up the stairs as well. So tickets are a fiver and it's on Sunday the 23rd of July, just at the very beginning of the festival. So that is the Highland Piping, the Highland Solo Piping Competition as part of Belfast Tradfest. There you are. So yeah, a lot of great piping was had at the last one. Actually, I heard a lot of great reports about it. Uh, I'm only, yeah, I'm kind of sorry that I didn't make it to the last one. So yeah, I'm definitely going to make a point to get to this one for sure. And uh, hopefully film a couple of the performances here at this one. So yeah, Belfast Tradfest. Go and check out their website, which is BelfastTraditionalMusic.com. And yeah, you can find out full information about the entire festival, where there's a lot here for trad and folk fans, uh, but us for piping fans as well. A lot of great music there, along with workshops and stuff as well. I believe Garth McLeese is doing like a masterclass for snare drumming. That's going to be, oh, that's worth the price of admission there. So anyway, I'm going to get lost in the woods here. There's so much happening at this festival. There's a lot. So just go and check it out, <laughs> all right? BelfastTraditionalMusic.com. If you are here in NI, it's definitely a festival worth your, worth your time. Uh, there you are. Okay, 
let's move on. I did mention, yes, we have a brand new album from Mark Saul. What? Are you kidding me? Yep, finally. (laughs) Now, I'm saying that with a tongue in my cheek, of course. Finally. It just seems to have been forever in the works. Now, I think it was around this time last year. Now, this could be stuff that Rab got wrong. But there was an interview with Mark Saul that was done on Tartan Tunes with Peter and Davey. And Mark was on the show and he was telling them, Hey guys, I've got like I've got new music here. And uh, I, just, I haven't just... Mark is so laid back and relaxed about all of this. He was so chilled out on the show. He's like, yeah... I've got, you know, maybe two, three albums worth of stuff and I just haven't released it yet. And all of us Mark Saul fans were like, what? Are you kidding me? you got three albums and you've just sat on them? Well, uh, yeah. So uh, they said that on the show and they're like, Mark, what are you doing? Uh, so I think now he has finally released his latest album, which is eight tracks long. And let's say there's some blistering good tunes in here. Oh, my word, can Mark compose a tune? Wow. Uh, So, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it will be on this week's Big Rab Show on Fuse. You can rest assured. Okay, so we have shared it out, of course, across all the Rab Show socials. You're going to want to get a copy of this if you are a piping fan at all. You're Of course, you're going to know some of Mark Saul's work, Hellbound Train, and amongst others, uh, Beaches of Horace. Come on, there's so many. There's so many. All right, so, yeah, if you are... A fan of Mark Saul and any of his work at all, then you're gonna to want to check out his brand new album. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely butcher the pronunciation of this. Let me see, is it Threnody? T H R E N O D Y. Threnody. Yeah. The brand new album from Mark Saul, Threnody. It is available through his website, which is MarkSaul.com, or you can go to his bandcamp, which would be my recommendation because the artist does get quite a considerable kickback compared to other outlets. Uh, so, yeah, Bandcamp do help support a lot of our traditional musicians and uh, composers, and I would definitely recommend to go and pick this up from Mark Saul, Threnody. This album, eight tracks long, but expect me to be playing all eight tracks <laughs> over the next few weeks. I'm so excited to see this brand new release. Uh, as you guys know, Mark can really weave a tune into some real, I don't know, some like uh, there's electronica, there's rock, there's EDM, but there's also classical in here, as well as Celtic and folk music. It's such an interesting mix. So I'm a huge Mark Saul fan, have been for the longest time. So this brand new release from him is very exciting stuff. I think the last album, now I'm not even joking in this, I think the last album was Mixolodeon, and I think it was 2003, 2002, maybe. So this album has taken a little bit of time to put together. Uh, So, Mark, if you're listening to the show, mate, um, it was definitely worth the wait. I'm a huge fan and can't wait to hear the rest of it because you've told us that you have about three albums worth. So, mm, this is definitely going to be worth picking up. So there you go. Shout out to Mark Saul. Brand new album called... uh, Threnody. Now, I'm probably completely pronouncing that incorrectly, but go and check that out. Mark's all definitely worth picking up a copy of that, for sure. All right. I wanted to give a little mention on this week's news and updates to Proline. Yeah, Proline Drumsticks. They've actually produced a brand new pair of tenor sticks that we haven't seen before. And these are called the MCQ, so the MCQs, basically, MQ. And now, these apparently are lighter. They provide more response and everything on the drum. And 
make it easier to articulate various different flourishes and stuff. So, yeah, and the design of these as well, like the colors on the stick and everything, and with the head, different colors with laces and everything. Very cool. Go and check these out from Proline Sticks. Um, Yeah, I think there's even... Uh, for like Independence Day and stuff, there's like a red, white, and blue one. You know, <laughs> I think that was over July fourth that they published photographs of of those. Uh, so yeah, go and check these out. These brand new McQ sticks from Proline. Uh, very interesting for tenor drummers. Yeah. So yeah, they promise a new lighter feel, but with more response on the drum. So very curious about these. I'll be checking these out. I haven't seen them in action yet. Um, hmm. I'm going to be having a look at these. So, yeah, shout out to Proline and these brand new sticks called the McHughes. Yeah, very curious about these. Hmm. Right, well, I did say that the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland had been involved with the royals recently. And you can't get any more royal than King Charles III himself. (laughs) Yeah, so the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland were actually representing themselves, I guess, as they were playing for King Charles III at St Giles Cathedral. Now... King Charles himself was presented with the Honours of Scotland uh, a few days ago, and it was on July 5th, actually, so that was a while ago. Uh, so, But the pipers from the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland and from the BMUS uh, course and everything uh, were part of the National Service of Thanksgiving and Dedication at the St Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. Yeah. So the pipers who played at the ceremony were chosen from both the Youth Pipe Band, as I said, and the BMUS of traditional music, which is the piping degree course. And, uh, yeah, let's say that they did not sound too shabby at all. Now, these pipers obviously were in front of all the cameras in, you know, in their Highland uniform playing some real great tunes and uh, sounded real and fine fettle. So I did want to give them a shout on this week's show because that was a lot of pressure. There's a serious amount of cameras around, a huge crowd as well. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of pressure on these young kids here playing. But, hey, they absolutely stepped up to the mark. So I have to give a shout-out to Emma Hill and to Charlie Mack as well. So, yep, shout-out to you guys. To Lewis Russell, Thomas Fallon, Hazel White, and to Callum Kay. Awesome stuff. And, uh, yeah, I have to give full credit to everyone there at the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. Just a fantastic outing for the band. Such a privilege, actually. And uh, you didn't look too terribly nervous, which was a bit odd. Uh, if that was me, I would be absolutely shaking in my shoes. Uh, but shout out to all of you who really played a great tune. If you are anyway curious, there's various different clips all across all the news sites, you know, like CNN and BBC. And oh, yeah, it was a proper big deal. Uh, so, yeah, these guys. Yeah, absolutely represented us in the piping scene incredibly well. Piping for His Majesty the King. There you go. Absolutely brilliant. Good stuff. You know, it's it's opportunities like that that the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland do present to people who are members. And it's it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. And I, well, at the moment, I do know that the doors are open for applications for the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. I know I've mentioned it in the previous two podcasts, so I'm not going to go over it again. But if you are curious about wanting to be a part of the National Youth Pipe Band and you're aged either from 10 to 25 then now is your opportunity. Uh, So go along to the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland's website and, uh, yeah, applications are now open along with all of the details about your playing requirements, your auditions, your workshops, blah, 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 blah. I've already spoken about that in previous shows. But, yeah, it just bodes well. You know, when you get an opportunity like this to play for the king himself. Yeah, fantastic stuff. All right, let's move on. Okay, I just wanted to mention the competition in North Berwick. So the North Berwick Highland Games, which are due to take place on the 12th of August. Well, the deadline for entries is 
well, tomorrow. Uh, so if you are curious at all uh, and wanting to compete at the North Berwick Games, then you will need to get in contact with the RSPBA Lothian and Borders branch. Just wanted to put that little reminder in there. So, yeah, deadline for entries is tomorrow, I think, by all accounts. Uh, so get those entries in and, yeah, we'll see you on the grass in North Berwick. Indeed. I also have to give a brief mention to the Bagpipe Refurb Company Limited. All right. These guys have been doing some incredible work over this last number of months, but they've really caught my attention this month uh, in particular uh, with uh, work that they're doing on Gordon Duncan's pipes. Yeah, the late Gordon Duncan has a set of bagpipes that will be played at this year's Pipe and Live Festival. And... um, yeah, Ross Ainsley has the honour of playing these pipes as part of his lunchtime recital at this year's Pipe and Live. And uh, yeah, Ross has taken these pipes to the bagpipe, the bagpipe refurb company for a bit of TLC. These pipes have been in the box, I guess, for a long time. Uh, so Ross has taken it there to Derek and the guys uh, to give it a bit of a yeah touch of polish and a bit of work behind the scenes to try and bring them back to their former glory i guess so if you're any way curious about this at all go to the bagpipe refurb company limited on their socials uh yeah where ross ainsley has been playing the odd little tune on these pipes and i think Derek also had a cheeky little tune as well uh, but hey come on you don't get a more iconic set of bagpipes than those seriously uh so yeah it'll be an interesting story to follow i guess Derek and those guys at the bagpipe refurb co will be incredibly nervous to work on such a high-profile set of bagpipes, but I am really curious to see how they turn out. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out to you guys. Looking forward to seeing how these bagpipes turn out. And, uh, yeah, you can follow along the story as well, of course. So shout-out to the Bagpipe Refurb Company Limited and to Derek and those guys. Absolute yeah, oh, legends. I spent a long time just flicking through their social media and just slobbering all over <laughs> all over the incredible work they do they do fantastic work so yeah shout out to you guys great stuff all right now far be it from me to plug myself uh but uh i just wanted to draw your attention to a little show that happened on radio ulster here in northern ireland on sunday yeah uh, you guys know that i also help present a radio show on there in radio ulster called kintra which is a weekly um ulster scots magazine show i guess well on sunday yeah i helped bring one of the team members who had no experience of the piping world at all uh i introduced her to the all ireland championships and i introduced her to the piping scene and i think um, from being very sceptical in the morning and not entirely sure what was going on, uh, being surrounded with pipers and drummers and drum majors and what, you know, all felt very overwhelming for her. Yeah, I kind of acted as a bit of a tour guide throughout the episode and we got chatting to people on the grass there at the All-Irelands and we had a grand old time. And by the time the episode was finished and the day was done, yeah, I think Carla had a fantastic time. So, yeah, it's worth a listen. <laughs> so it is, you get to hear me attempt to be a bit of a tour guide to the piping world and trying not to completely scare someone off. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, you know, if you're not familiar with the piping scene, it can be overwhelming. Uh, so, yeah, it was a difficult task to be, yeah, to be a tour guide, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting show, for sure. Definitely worth a listen. So that's on uh, the BBC Sounds app right now. You can go and have a listen. Just type it in, Kintra. K-I-N-T-R-A. And, uh, yeah, our latest episode that was released on Sunday past there was at the All-Ireland Championships. Yeah, quite a cool episode, yeah. All right, let's move on. 
I have to give a shout to Grancha Pipe Band. Yes, Grancha Pipe Band are celebrating their 70th anniversary this year with a huge, huge slap-up feed and a pile of drinks and all of that at the Banville House. Now, this is all going to be happening on the 23rd of September. Tickets are 30 quid, kids are 15, and you'll be treated to a three-course meal with a drinks reception. There'll be a raffle with prizes and all of that kind of stuff. Loads of other things happening. But if you are anyway interested at all, then do contact Grancha Pipe Band on their social media. There you are. So, yeah, tickets are available to purchase from the 17th. So they're just not available just yet. Uh, but I did want to give you a bit of a heads up. For anyone who does want to help Grancha celebrate their 70th anniversary, that's happening on the 23rd of September in Banville House Hotel in Banbridge. There you are. So shout out to Grancha. 70 years young. Happy birthday. <laughs> There was another little news story that peaked its head just about a day or two ago now. And that is from the Bridge of Allen Highland Games. Now, what made this story quite interesting is that we do know the Bridge of Allen Games is quite a huge draw. A lot of bands actually go to play at this each year. But what made this one particularly interesting is that it is sponsored. Yeah, this event's taking place on the 6th of August. And they made a huge announcement recently that they have a big main sponsor which is a local radio station which is 103.1 central fm yeah central fm is fourth valley's number one commercial radio station and broadcasts across the heart of the communities in that area so the bridge of allen games are now sponsored hmm now this did raise a question uh with a bunch of people in the piping scene wondering well why aren't more events sponsored you know, for example, why don't we throw a minor competition, I don't know, say Portrush, and have it sponsored by, uh, I don't know, some, some I don't know. <laughs> Insert a company name here, I guess. Uh, but, you know, but why aren't more events sponsored like this, where you can pull in a big name advertiser and say, right, okay, you can put your name at the start of this, uh, but the games will be able to open their gates. It'll be affordable. Uh, we'll be able to, you know, have port and catering and parking and all of this kind of stuff because the f- fantastic main sponsor is able to help fund it all. Um, we have seen this model working, I guess, in the United States. We do know that a lot of the games there are sponsored privately uh, with a lot of companies and that putting their name at the, in the front of the gate, you know. Uh, so... I don't know. Is this a sign of things, I guess? Uh, I'm not aware of any other competition here in the UK um, that has a, a main sponsor like this. So it's great to see the Bridge of Allen Highland Games doing this. Now, I do know the World Championships are organised and put on by the company Glasgow Life. Whether they're actually sponsored by that? Hmm... Don't think so. Don't think that's the case. Uh, but we do know that there are other games out there that are kind of helped along by their local district council and stuff. And they're advertised as such as council events. Uh, because, let's face it, they've ponied up. And, yeah, they've managed to help fund the event and provided the venue and all of that kind of stuff. But this is kind of the first one I've seen where, like, a private company have done such uh, I think so yeah a radio station called Central FM are the main sponsor for the Bridge of Allen Highland Games and that's quite an interesting development there will we see this happening more in future with even more events yeah I don't know um, let's say for example the All-Ireland Championships sponsored by uh, Michelin or Goodyear or I don't know name Pirelli 
Why am I going to tire companies? That's weird. Why did that pop into my head? Anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that idea out there. It's a wonder we don't see more of this, but uh, hey, it's one of them things, isn't it? Food for thought right there. All right. I just wanted to give a bit of a shout before we kind of wrap everything up with the news and updates to Thunderstruck. Yes, that amazing play by David Colvin. Thunderstruck is back again. And yeah, they've announced that they're going to be going, they're going to be doing 13 different shows all across the Edinburgh Festival, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So if you are curious at all, then go along and check out all of the details uh, on Thunderstruck the Play on their socials, uh, where they have 13 different shows for you to catch all through August. Now, this is kicking things off on August 4th, even. (laughs) August 4th, all the way through the 28th. So there's plenty of opportunities for you guys to go and catch the show. And uh, yeah, I still haven't caught it yet. And I'm gutted. Uh, and the unfortunate thing is, I am going over for the World Championships, but I just don't know if I'll be able to get it in as well. So, uh, But yeah, it is running all through Pipe and Live Week and even through to the end of August. Uh, so Thunderstruck the Play, playing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. There's 13 shows in total. Plenty of opportunities for you to go and catch this award-winning show talking and yeah, about the incredible late Gordon Duncan and his story. So yeah, this is going to be a show well worth catching. And I still haven't caught it yet. So, I'm going to have to, man. I'm going to try and work it out somehow or other. Oh, goodness. All right. So, before we wrap everything up with the news and updates and everything, I do know right now is the 12th of July, and you're probably all listening to this podcast right now after a very heavy day of parading. And a good number of you across the length and breadth of this country and around the world will definitely have been out parading and celebrating at various different events all for the 12th of July. So, yeah, shout out to everyone who has sent in Rab Show selfies and photographs and stuff of your band out in action. Lots of different video footage and stuff. So today's been an incredibly busy day and uh, it's all we could do to get the podcast done, I guess, today. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the 12th of July here is definitely one of those times of year that can be quite politically charged and I am aware of that. And I do know a good number of you listening right now may not celebrate the 12th of July. But for those who do, we hope you've had the very best time and that you had a good tune with your band today. And uh, yeah, are now sitting with the feet up, I guess, listening to the pod with a nice cup of tea. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow all of that, of course, on our socials. We've shared out as many of those as we've managed to find. All the various different band performances, photographs and selfies, all that good stuff. It's all up there now in the Rab Show socials. So just wanted to wish you all a very happy and safe 12th of July. Hope you had a very good time. And, uh, yeah, we will move swiftly on from that one, I think. Uh, we're not going to get into the politics of it all. Uh, but, yeah, we're enjoying the music of it all, I guess, with all of those pipe bands out playing some real good tunes today. It's good stuff. Alright, so with that all being said, yeah, you guessed it, we're talking about dates, aren't we, on the 12th of July, I guess? <laughs> Aye, yeah, it's time for dates for your diary, isn't it? Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion, made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. It's time for Dates for Your Diary here on the Big Rap Show podcast. Okay, time for Dates for Your Diary. And yes, this weekend actually in the United States... 
It's quite a busy one. Now, we've already given all of these events a good shout-out over the last few episodes, but just in case you haven't caught the previous episodes, then we're going to do that again. So, yeah, this weekend, the 15th and 16th of July, we're all over the place. First of all, we're going to Massachusetts for the Glasgow Lands Scottish Festival. That's shaping up to be quite a huge event. Also, on that same weekend, 15th and 16th, we're going to Flagstaff, of course, for the Arizona Highland Celtic Festival. Yeah, we're also going to Casey Jones Park in Elizabeth in Colorado, and that's for the Elizabeth Celtic Festival. So that's all happening that weekend. Well, this weekend, yeah, I guess it's going to be quite a busy weekend of piping there in the United States. Uh, Us here in the UK, of course, we're in a little bit of a mid-season break right now, but we will be kicking things off again on the 22nd of July for the Ards and Northdown Championships in Newton Ards, and that will be at the Airstrip. Uh, So... It's a venue that's loved by some and loathed, loathed by others. I could just about talk, but um, yeah, that's on the 22nd of July and no doubt it'll be a pretty stellar competition all round because then on the 29th of July, yeah, we're into the third major of the season, the Scottish Championships in Dumbarton, which is absolutely my favourite major of the year. So yeah, the Scottish in Dumbarton on the 29th of July. Then on the 5th of August, we're heading back to Newcastle in Northern Ireland for, yeah, the Hart O'Down Championships in Donard Park in sunny Newcastle. That's on the 5th. And then on the 12th of August, of course, then we have the Ulster Championships and the announcements of the Champion of Champions here in Northern Ireland. And that will be in Antrim. Yeah. Now, also on the 12th of August, we'll be going to North Berwick as well. Yeah, we've been hearing little, uh, yeah, little inklings about the organisation going on behind the scenes in North Berwick. Uh, I think the draw may be available. I'm not sure. I'll have to do a little dig in there. But that's on the 12th of August. Also on the 12th of August, then, is the 80th annual Central New York Scottish Games. Yeah, and this will be held in Liverpool in New York on that same weekend. And, yeah, also on the 14th of August, then, is the British Solo Drumming Competition. And that's going to be held at the Piping Centre in Ontego Street in Glasgow. Yeah, there you go, that's on the 14th. So, folks, I hope that's enough dates for your diary for now. Uh, That's took you right up till the 14th of August, which is kind of in the middle of Piping Live Week. Um, So, uh, yeah, we're in the thick of the piping season right now. There's a lot of dates there, and, uh, yeah, plenty of piping action to be at. Right. Okay, if you've waited until this point in the show, you deserve a medal. But let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the Topic of the Week. Iron Maiden, Kasabian, Bastille, the Royal Marines, the British Army, the Royal Air Force, Police Scotland and Federation, Scottish Power, and the Red Hot Chili Pipers. These are just some of the names playing the axial and regimental series drums by the British Drum Company. Why? Because of the superb build quality and attention to detail that only the best deserve, where excellence is the norm not the exception. To find out more about the ranges offered by the BDC, head to thebritishdrumco.com or follow them on all of the usual social media platforms. When will you make the switch? Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Okay, that was a much-needed cup of tea right there, I have to say. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into this week's topic of the week. Now, this is a chap that I have been really excited to chat to, and it seems to have been a long time in the making uh, because either I've been way too busy 
or Andrew's been way too busy. It's been one of those things. Uh, both of our kind of, I don't know, our schedules always seem to clash and we never actually managed to line up a conversation. Well, actually, this year then, um, I managed to finally get catching up with him. At the Pipe Major Frank Andrews tribute concert, I managed to bump into Andrew backstage and had a quick chat with him. And we're chatting about music and pipe bands and how that's evolved over the years. And I said to Andrew, I said, hey, come on, we'll have to have you on the show, mate, and we'll have to talk about this. This is a topic everyone needs to hear. Uh, So, I hope you don't mind. This is being quite self-indulgent here. Uh, (laughs) But I'm talking about a subject area that I'm really fascinated with, and that is the evolution of pipe band medleys and all of that. Uh, But, yeah, it's such a great interview. So, yeah. I don't know. This one's been in the works for a while. A shout out to our Patreon faithful, actually, who have got already early access to this. Uh, So, yeah, shout out to Patreon. You guys are yeah, you've already heard this. So apologies. If you are a Patreon faithful, uh, you can probably skip to the end of this week's show because uh, you've already heard this interview. But I do want you to kind of stick around. This is such a cool conversation. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of great information in here for sure. So by way of an introduction, let's welcome Dr. Andrew Bova to the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Andrew Bova. Andrew, how are you? Sorry, well. I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm, I'm still not 100% used to people calling me that, but but I do. Oh, really? Oh, with, with the doctor title? <laughs> uh, I yeah, it's, it's still a little bit surreal, but yeah. I'll just call you Andrew for that. There you go. <laughs> that, that's yeah. just mine. Just both I'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we have you on the show because we're going to be talking about something really quite interesting. At this point in the season, I guess, everyone's unveiling their new stuff and that, but I do want to delve into all of that because that's how you gained the, the doctor part. Isn't it? That was all part of your dissertation, wasn't it? Yeah. So my my research, it was quite broad at the start, as all research is. And then it narrowed down to really looking at the repertoire that we play in competitions, both solo and band. I didn't look at PBREC. It was only light music. Um, and the decision-making processes of competing pipers. You know, why, why do we do what we do in competition, especially with regard to the music that we play? Um, so yeah, very much in the realm of repertoire selection. Oh, yeah. So we'll delve into that in a second or two. Uh, no doubt we'll get a mention for Highland Wedding or the Clamacray or the usual tunes. Anyway, uh, I have to ask again about, first of all, for your background in piping then. How did you get introduced and everything? Yeah, th- that's a funny one. Um, so I, there's no sort of a like Scottish connection in my family. Uh, I'm obviously from the States. I, I was born in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Northwest Ohio in a town called Perrysburg. Um and my brother plays drums, but it was sort of classical drums, DCI, Drum Corps International Drumming. And there was a historic site from the War of 1812 in, in my hometown, and they had a fife and drum corps. And my brother got kind of recruited to go along and play in this. Now, I play classical flute as well. And being a flute player, I got taken in. They said, well, have you play fife? So I started working at this historical site, um, doing historical education. And when I was doing that, I just happened to meet some pipers. And I thought, that's a really cool instrument. I really like that. And I I took to it. um, And after a lot of begging my mom for lessons, uh, (laughs) I got into it. And then, yeah, I mean, now (laughs) I live in Scotland and I work at the piping center. There you go. The rest is history then. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, now currently you're playing with Field Marshal Montgomery. Uh, So how have you found that so far? Fill in the ranks of one of the biggest names in the game, I guess. Yeah, it's been a really surreal experience. Um, Really great. I have to say, you know, coming out of shots and 
before that, you know, I, was, I did my undergraduate, my master's at Carnegie Mellon, um, and in the later years of that degree program, Andrew Carlyle was the was the piping professor there. Um, yeah. So a lot of those sort of FM methods I was introduced to back yes. in Pittsburgh, and then when I moved over and joined Shots, Ryan Canning was of course a pipe major, so it was a lot of. I remember standing at a contest one day in Canning's Shots and watching. There was about a fifteen minute offset between FM and Shots playing, mm-hmm. and I remember watching them do everything that we were doing fifteen minutes before we did. So, oh wow, it, it was kind of a you know just <laughs> it was a natural transition. But you know that being said, it's still an incredible group of people. Um, and it, it's been a really incredible experience playing in that core, especially, I mean, being there for Richard getting his 13th Worlds was really special. Yeah, absolutely. That's bound to have been a special moment. I was going to ask you about that. Like, what was the feeling then from the band members, I guess, whenever you heard that name read out on the day, something <laughs> special? Yeah, it was it was really special. Um, of course, you know if he's he's been at it so long and he's been so influential. It was it was great to be a part of a team that helped him achieve that. Um, and the other side of that, for me more personally, is that my my uh, my parents were there. Um, oh, really? They, they were oh, in, they were in 2015 when when shots won. Um, so it was a really great experience for them or for me to have them there to see me achieve that. Um, oh, Andrew, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Oh, oh, you've, you've got a big sappy American on the show this I week. I tell you. <laughs> oh, you're going to star me now. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, right. I'll have to talk about tunes and everything because your research for me has been quite fascinating. Um, whenever I first was chatting to you, I was talking about how I was interested in one of the more interesting medleys from the 78th. And oh yeah, the uh, the walking song medley. The walking song, uh, yeah. yeah. The year that they, I couldn't remember the year for the life of me. And uh, so, thank you for reintroducing me to that. So you've sent me a link and everything, and I've listened to it now. Turn blue in the face, but it never happened since, and I was wondering why. And then, whenever I find that this was all part of your research about musical choices, is that something that you found in the piping scene about bands that take musical risks? I guess. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, it's a, how do I put this? There certainly are bands that are more willing to push the boundary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his, you look in the history of pipe bands, some of these phrases are the best example of that with, yeah. you know, they, they revolutionized um, a lot of what we do in pipe bands and mm-hmm. especially in medleys uh, in more recent years and maybe to with less uh, impact, but very revolutionary was a lot of what Toronto police did in the, the sort of late noughties. Yes. Um, I was having this conversation, interestingly enough, uh, in the pub with a, a couple of pipe band folk. We were talking about, you know, the chokes that are being done this year by yes. in, in life. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it's a cool thing, you know, great to see bands trying something new. Um, yeah. But, you know, the conversation was about how innovative that was. And I went, well, no, I mean, Toronto police did it in 2009. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think they yeah. did it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course that's not to, take away from what they're doing. Um, but certainly, you know, there are bands that, that will push the boundary and, and take risks. And I think all bands do that in their own way. Um, but I would also say to delve into it a little bit, I think that the risks are increasingly small. Um, yeah. I also, well, we'll come back to that sentence in a second, but <laughs> you know, the, you look back at like the late nineties, early noughties, and that's where to my mind and through my research, pipe band medleys really kind of grew into what they are today. These almost symphonic arrangements, you know, yeah. with beautiful, intricate harmony. I mean, the, you know, mm. the use of 
counterpoint and classical, like Western classical harmony in, in the medleys and the way that they're arranged and, you know, the breaks and the integration of the drum corps, it, it's really incredible. And I have to say that I think there's been some stagnation there. You know, I think that, you know, you go in and you listen to a medley and you're like, okay, well, it's going to be a march, a stress by a real, a slow air jig, or it's going to be a march, a jig, a slow air You know, and you get little bits mm-hmm. of waltz, you know, we play a wee bit of a waltz, or you get the reprise, but even the reprise is, I would argue, you know, a bit, a bit overdone now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of been done. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that it's not musically beautiful. You know, I, I'm saying that we do a reprise in one of our medleys and I love it. I really think that's a great (laughs) musical effect. Um, But to go back to what I was saying about the idea of risk, Mm. I think it's interesting that we talk about it in that using that word risk. I mean, it is music, isn't it? So shouldn't we want to experiment and try new things? And that's, you start to get into the idea of how do music and competition coexist? Um, That's an interesting question. Yeah, competitive art. Like we've talked about this before in the show where you wouldn't get an artist with an easel standing next to someone else with an artist and an easel and then, then, okay, go. (laughs) And then compare the two. You know, it's very similar like that. You know, competitive art and one man's art's another man's trash, I guess. And like you say, again, making that reference to artists, we are playing medleys by numbers now. You know, as you say, march to spay, real slow air into your jig, then that's it, finish. Uh, So that's been like that for a while now. Uh, However, I am starting to think now that bands are now starting to push that envelope the last few years. I yeah, think, yeah, certainly coming out of the coming out of the, the lockdown, there seems to be a little mm. bit more willingness to try new things. Um there's some great, you know, great ideas out there. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a well not only a healthy thing, I think it's a necessary thing. Yeah. That's right? it. To try and push the art form forward. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So how much does drumming come into it i know whenever we're talking about pipers it's all about tune selection and everything and all the countless tune collections we have and we can delve through them for hours but how much does drumming be a factor in that has it changed much over the years um it's hard to say i didn't i didn't delve too far into the drumming side of things in my research uh, it was a little bit out of the scope of what i was doing but the where drumming really came up heavily in my interviews was in msr selection Right. That uh, quite a few pipe majors I spoke to were indicating that it was the drum corps that were pushing for those six and eight parted MSRs uh, as an opportunity to give that little bit of extra time to be to be virtuosic to show Mm -hmm. you know the talent of the drum corps. Uh, So certainly I get the impression that there's definitely more of an influence there. But any any pipe band is there's going to be well good pipe band there's going to be interaction between the leading drummer and the pipe major in terms of tune selection to make sure that you know everything fits together oh absolutely yeah something that we've been debating here on the show this last while is tenor cores and bass sections in general over this last i don't know five six years they've really come into their own uh where before like whenever the 78th won the worlds in 87 I don't think there was a tenor drummer there. I think there might have been. There, there was a tenor drummer, but it's it certainly, you know, yeah. it wasn't the way that we think of tenors now with no, you know, five now. to seven tenors all pitched differently and yeah, creating yeah. intricate, uh, well, literally a midsection, a midline. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. So now they're playing patterns. They're even playing tunes themselves. Like if you listen to a drum corps practicing on their own, you can pick out the tune because the tenors are playing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that you know we were talking, or I was, I was mentioning earlier that idea of you know counterpoint, and a, you know great tenor score can add so much yeah. 
to what you hear. And in quite a few bands, I've been at practices where, you know, the tenor core is not there or, you know, they're away doing something else and you're, you know, you're playing along and you go, actually, there's something missing there. Yeah, you do hear it. Yeah, for sure. Like sometimes that they're hitting major keys and then minor keys and stuff. It's very interesting. It's like someone's playing along with a, a keyboard or something and hitting yeah. the right keys at the right moment, you know? I don't know. And I'd also say one thing that people maybe don't think about with, you know, good tenor chords and good tenor drumming. It's very difficult to get that timing right. You know, when you're yeah. when you're playing a pipe or you're playing a snare drum or a bass drum, you're you're playing the preceding and following note to what you're doing. When you're playing in a tenor core, the person to your right might play the note preceding yours, and then you have to you have to catch that beat. That's actually very very difficult to do, and something that yeah. a lot of pipers and side drummers don't always think about. Um, no, that's really it. you're to... part of a chain, and if you yeah. miss your link, that's it. The whole chain's gone. Yeah. It's a very difficult skill to have, for sure. And even as much as we're talking about tenors here, I have to stress that if your bass drummer is no good, then you don't have a heartbeat in your band. I think a bass drummer is a vital part to play. Would I be right in saying that, Andrew? Oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. That's it. I know. And I think throughout the decades, the bass man was always seen as kind of like the metronome but not anymore. Uh, I think that's really transformed now over this last few years. And again, that kind of feeds into what pipe majors and lead tippers are doing. And the bass drummer's kind of left on his own. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. So I, I still live with the, uh, the bass drummer from shots, Jamie Matheson. Oh, um, yeah. As a matter of fact, I can, I can hear him in the kitchen doing dishes right now. God bless him. Uh, Good man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, I talked to him a lot about, you know, what he's doing with the shots band and he talks about the creative process. And I, I think that's, you know, such a great thing that, you know, he, well, all bass drummers can have that musical input and have that little bit of virtuosic um, integrity within the band. Absolutely. And every bass drummer has their own voice. And that's what makes this so interesting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I have to ask you then, as much as we're talking about, we're pushing envelopes and everything with chokes and all these new tricks. There's something that's been creeping in. Now, I know Dan Nevins is probably listening right now, uh, but <laughs> I've been talking about the introduction of Hebrick this last while to competitive piping and drumming in the band scene. It's been happening more often now, Andrew. What's your thoughts on that? Why not? If you can, Perfect. If you, yeah, if you can <laughs> execute it musically, and you know, of course, if you're taking that, that idiom of music and putting it into a different idiom of music, you're going to have to do have a little bit of give and take, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you can execute it musically and do it well, and there, in my opinion, there are plenty of bands who have, mm. then why not draw from that, that tradition? That's it. That's a perfect answer. And that's how, yeah, that's my opinion on it too. Why not? Exactly. I know there are some people who are kind of, oh no, that's, that's not suited for bands and stuff, but I think that's a nonsense, honestly. Well, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I, I very specifically didn't look at Pibra, um, in my yeah, yeah. research, part of that was because people are so protect, protective of that that musical tradition, yeah. Um, and people can be quite opinionated about it, and rightly so. Um, yeah. But I, music is music, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. So I know people can get incredibly upset. I've played the the Flames of Wrath medley. Uh, mm -hmm. A few times on uh, fuse on the radio and stuff, and people get upset when I do that. They go, "Oh no, it's such a beautiful tune. Why did they add snare drum and all this to it? Like, it, because it was a band piece. It, it was a performance." So yeah, we've had that well, argument. But, you know, with something like that, right? It's it's differently beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, 
it's a different thing. Like, you know, if you, not to, not to get too far away from piping, but you take something like, you know, Mahler's first symphony has a funeral march in it. That's based on the, basically it's Frere Jaca played in a minor key. Right. Now, you know, that's a, that's a great folk medley. It's a great traditional melody, pardon me. Um, does that mean that it loses something when it goes to a symphony orchestra or is it just a different thing? That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to just shift, shift the viewpoint when you're listening to it. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm all for it. You know, more (laughs) introduction to this. And we've had the argument as well, likening the introduction of Peabrook music to also the introduction of various Breton tunes and stuff. That's been happening for quite a while. Shots was one of the bands at the forefront of that. Introducing Breton tunes, I get. I'm guessing that you're all for that as well. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it works, and well, I say if it works, right? If music is inherently subjective, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so if if you know whoever's playing it is doing it justice and you know making good music, then yeah. again, why not? You get into a little bit of a tricky one when you start pulling from from traditions because like i said people can be very protective so you know if you're taking breton themes and changing them to you know suit piping well or pipe bands as we know them you know are you still paying the respect to that tradition and the flip side of that and i write about this in my phd i get very funny sometimes about working with non people not involved in the traditional music community Mm. um because there is a sense of protection over the tradition, you know, wanting to, right. to, I mean, I want to develop it. I want to see it move forward, but I want to do that with people who have an understanding of the sort of rules and the history and the importance of it. Yes. So as well as trying to push that envelope, but also having a sense of reverence to know where it came from. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah, that, That's a very good way of putting that. I'm going to steal that. Thank you. That, okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I know as much as we're talking about, you know, medleys by numbers and everything, I did mention there's a few tunes that always seem to crop up. How many times have we heard Highland Wedding over the years? <laughs> yeah. know, I'm sure you found that in your research that there are tunes that constantly creep up. Yeah. So the way that I, so my research ends in 2015, that was the the final year that I looked at. Um, Now, I mean, you've probably engaged more with my PhD in the last month than I have (laughs) in the last year. Um, But I can tell you certainly from 1991 to 2015, the most popular pipe band MSR was The Highland Wedding, Susan and John Morrison. Oh, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was really interesting when I was doing, <laughs> when I was doing my PhD research, I, there's a, I think it was an article by Rob Wallace in mm-hmm. Typing Times where he, he's talking about the heavy repetition of tunes. Right. And he says, how many times are we going to hear these Highland Weddings, Susan McLeod's, John Morrison's? I yep. seriously doubt that he actually went and did the research to find out <laughs> what the most popular, I think, I think the article is from like 2008. Um, but even just by attending, you can you can pick those tunes out. Now, if anybody does want to really look into those numbers, um, I'm actually currently working with the University of St. Andrews to get my PhD published. It should have been published on their website two years ago, but COVID happened. Oh, oh. Um, so hopefully by the time this goes out, uh, that will be available through the University of St. Andrews online library. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you can delve through it yourselves then, folks, and, get, and have a look for yourselves. Yeah. I'll be doing that myself now too. Yeah, excellent. 
so I have to ask you then before I let you go, we do have some big rab show staples, which I will ask you before I let you leave. Okay. Um, but through all of your time involved in piping and drumming and all the rest, has there been any performances that of your own that stick out in your memory as going, wow, that was something special? Yeah, certainly. Um, actually, there was there was one last year. Um, the the performance at Dumbarton the Scottish Championships with FM. I remember there was something about that the the way the arena was set up. You know, the audience was kind of on top of you, and it was it's very it was close. Quite, yeah, but also intense. Um, mm-hmm. And I just remember going in, and I I just I thought we really nailed the introduction, and I thought, wow, that was that was really. So I yeah. almost start playing the tune. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I remember that being quite a quite a memorable performance for me there you go yeah the, i've heard this from different pipers that there is occasions where the pipes seem to play themselves like yeah. you're just a passenger was that, was that kind of the similar sort of deal then really um yeah yes certainly you're still working at it right you're still yeah no, you're, you're still, still there certainly <laughs> in, in the zone but there is yeah. that element of muscle memory that kicks in you know you go to practice once or twice a week and you're playing your pipes every day and yeah. it, the point is to well to borrow a phrase from dan nevins to be bulletproof you know you want to you want to yeah. have it where you can you can just rely on your hands to do what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. um <laughs> actually just to there's another performance that i do remember I, it's when mm-hmm. i played with windsor police grade one um, yep. it was the first grade one band I ever played in, and it wasn't a it wasn't a competition. We just we'd been performing it. I think it was an event, and uh, we were in the beer tent after, and we were playing. But there was a tornado warning, and there was lightning, and they oh, were trying, they were trying to like get everybody under the big tent or something like that. And they were yeah. trying. We, we were told we had to stop playing because of this lightning warning, mm-hmm. and we were just right into it, having a great time. The audience was loving it, and so. A, a police I shouldn't tell you the story a police officer came over <laughs> and was asked somebody where's the pipe major yeah and they pointed over as Billy Baird was a pipe major and I remember he like stepped into the circle and everybody mm-hmm. closed in and he just started walking around like he was listening to chanters and we kept playing and every time the police officer would go up to somebody and say where's the pipe major they would point to another person in the circle who wasn't Billy oh, and so no we were way. able to just keep yeah it was it was really <laughs> it was it was really funny oh and, that's but, brilliant it was some really great energy the audience was just absolutely buzzing it was that was a, oh, it was a good one fantastic yeah. that do you know that reminds me of that's I'm Spartacus I'm Spartacus fantastic all right well Andrew, thanks so much for taking time to chat with me. There's no doubt we could chat to you now for hours. Uh, can I say that my own personal highlight really is uh, whenever I'm chatting to you, I have to mention the National Piping Center videos. A real oh, highlight yeah. is whenever you get the white gloves on and oh, start yeah. getting these artifacts, you're bound to enjoy that. Is that fun? Um, see, that's one of the best parts of my job is, you know, I every week I take about half an hour and I just kind of wander around the museum. I dig around in the library. I, I, you know, delve into these these yeah. dusty cabinets to see what we what we have. And you know, I'm, I'm looking for things to talk about that hopefully are relevant to whatever whatever's being discussed. But mm. yeah, it's such a treat. And you find you just find things and go, this is actually a really great piece of history. That yeah. you know, it, and there's only so much space you have to display things. Um, so it's That's great it. to get those items, do a little bit of research on them, do a little bit of education with them. Hopefully people find it entertaining and enjoyable and learn something from it Absolutely. and get those items out into the public view. 
Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the highlights for me. Every every time there's a video, I go, oh right, where's Andrews? But yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. It's really fun. Uh, so there's that and Chandler McDuck as well as a legend. Oh so, my, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, right, before I let you go, uh, I have to ask you then, I've asked most guests that come on the show, um, what is your favourite cheese? Whoa, that that's a loaded question, Rob. Um, oh, oh, oh. I, I started something? Well, I mean, what, what, what's the temperature? What, what month is it? You know, no, um, I think, oh, I uh, like, you know, how, what, what am I cooking for dinner? You know, um, I see. I think it's got to be, it's got to be Pecorino. Ooh, I haven't heard pecorino. of that one. Yeah. Pecorino Romano, yeah. yeah. Parmesan's good, but I think Pecorino's where it's at. Pecorino, there you go. I'll have to put that in the notebook. I'll have to check that one out now, for sure. Excellent. Andrew, thanks a million for taking time to chat with me, honestly. Uh, I hope it's not the last. We'll see you on the show. We hope to have you back <laughs> on again. Um, but uh, yeah, that, for anyone then who's interested, then uh, if you have any information online for folks to go and check you out and anything like that, uh, yeah, of course. Um, like I said, my dissertation should hopefully be available through the University of St. Andrews Library soon. Um, yes. But if if anybody has any questions about you know history or things at the Piping Center, or if you have something that you'd like me to talk about on the History Show, um, you can go ahead and email me. My work email is abova at thepipingcenter.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. There you are. Perfect. Andrew, thank you so much. And the best of luck for the rest of this season, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the grass now for sure, yeah. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Take care. And there you have it. Shout out to Andrew Bova, or yeah, Dr. Andrew Bova, who, who he's still not too comfortable to be called that. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Andrew. Fantastic. That was such a good time. And if you haven't checked out the, the piping show, by the way, from the National Piping Centre, you really should. It's a treat each week. I know the production that goes in behind the scenes of making that show possible. And uh, honestly, I, I meant what I said, that Andrew's portion on the show was an absolute highlight for me. And it's fascinating seeing such all these old art artifacts and stuff. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So shout out to the folks at the National Piping Centre and to Andrew for joining us this week. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, that was, yeah, great, great conversation. And so there you are, folks. That's it for another topic of the week right there. Hope you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, has been in the works for a while. But uh, yeah, it's great to be able to bring that to you this week. There you go. Oh. Okay, right, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. And uh, yeah, like every other show, we have to mention it again. If you do want to help support our show, then you can do. Go over there to Patreon, click on support, and you will get things like this interview, uh, early access and stuff like that. So you do get, yeah, little sneak peeks of shows to come. Uh, so also you get our Fuse FM Balamoney radio show. You can go and check all of that out. That's up there too. Just wanted to shamelessly plug that. Go and check it out on Patreon. That's where you can go and do it and help support our show. Alrighty, that's it. We are out the door. If we have mentioned anything on this week's show or any previous show that you would like to talk about, uh, you can email us, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Don't forget our favourite feature on the show here, which is Weekly Drone. And this week's was quite a heavy one, wasn't it? That's actually going to be a full-blooded topic of the week right there. Uh, so sometimes that happens, I guess. But uh, yeah, go to our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the top of the website uh, called Weekly Drone, where you can tell us your thoughts and feelings, warts and all, completely anonymously. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it for another Rab Show. We will see you all next week, where we have another fantastic topic of the week. Um... Not going to spoil it, but it's a good one. And we'll see you all in next week's show. Until then, all the best.
That's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Check out g1reads.com for all of your piping needs. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all of the latest news and views from around the piping world. And also, check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be a part of the Patreon faithful. So, until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.